Welcome to the Asia Tech Podcast. I'm Gustavo Liu from um, the Asia Tech Podcast. I'm the host for today. And um, I have Kevin Tan today with me from CutQ. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Gustavo. Um, so we'll be talking about your in your company and the food industry, which is something that I loved a lot. Um, I mean, everybody, most people love food. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's um, let's start with looking at why why did you start um, the Kaki? What got you the idea to start uh, this company? Well, I, I think that that goes back quite a number of years. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I used to work at Pricewaterhouse, and that was uh, an accounting firm uh, based in the CBD. So every morning there would be this struggle to firstly get to work uh, on time because of the mad rush there is. Oh second yeah, I remember thing, that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the second thing is that when you reach there, you know, you're looking at numbers all day long. And I realized very quickly on that if I did not have my cup of coffee in the morning, yeah. the numbers, and I'm looking at like, you know, let's say eight digit numbers, like millions of dollars, they would start to like blur. And then it would look like 16 digits. And I, oh, 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 yeah. I haven't had my coffee this morning. I better go and get my cup of coffee. And I realized that the coffee queues there are ridiculously long as well. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where we first started, you know, having this thing. Hey, that's a real problem, you know. And is it a problem for everyone? Of course, the queues are so long. It is a problem for everyone. And one day I see this person basically waltzing through the queue mm -hmm. uh, and just picking up his cup of coffee. And I went, wow. Firstly, like, who is that guy? Why, why does he get to go ahead of me? And, you know, uh, of course, there's a bit of anger, right? You see this guy going in front of you. Uh, but then after that, I think, why, why can't I have that experience as well? Right. You know, so I go up to the barista and I go, hey, you know, how, how did he, you know, how do you know when to give him his coffee? And how come I didn't see him paying anything? He's like, oh, well, this guy, uh, you know, he's, he's my regular. I see him from afar. And I know he comes for his regular cup of coffee. It's that relationship, and uh, and yeah. and he yeah he has a tab, you know, basically given to the barista at the start and end of every month. They make sure that you know he's paid up whatever he has to do, and you know that's a VIP experience. Yeah, and, and we wanted to you know give that experience to everyone. You know, everyone should have that VIP experience. Everyone should save time, save you know what. You know, you can spend your time doing better things, yeah. right? You know, the whole thing about Singapore and productivity, you know, I thought we, we when we came together for this, we were thinking that actually makes a lot of sense. Well, Singaporeans are also very well known for liking to keep having very long queue for food <laughs> specifically, right? Well, yeah, it makes it m maybe a bit more appealing uh, yeah. to let everyone know that it's a really popular place. I love that how the, um, in certain like um, retail spaces and food spaces where there were, I mean, there's that artificial kill, but then there's the real kill, right? Like some the chicken rice that had like one Michelin star awarded, like next day instantly, you've got like this massive kill. And well, for those people that were able to just walk across and just like, you know, because they knew the founder or the owner and just like pick it up on the way. Yeah, it's definitely a very, sp you definitely need to have a special relationship uh, in order to, inverted commas, cut queue, yeah. right? Um, and the thing about Singapore is that it's such a food-centric nation mm -hmm. uh, that, that people generally gravitate towards the next food trend. 
you know, uh, and, and they uh, half the conversations would be about where's the best this, the you know your chakui tiaos or your yeah. even kopi, right? Where has the best kopi? You know, or like which kopi tiam would you go to? You know, do you do you like that that they crack the egg for you first before that? I mean, all these small little nuances go into you know our daily decisions and our habits, and yeah. um, you know it, it's it's something that is ingrained in us as a nation. Uh, you know, food. And you also mentioned um, uh, earlier on that it's a we. So did you think about this pro- this problem um, and you wanted to solve it or was it more as collectively with, with your team? Well, uh, we started out basically uh, with myself and a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the longer we went on, the more people started to say, hey, that's a really great idea. And, you know, some people say, oh, do you have someone free on your team? You know, I would like to join you in this journey. And that's how we've basically grown. So it's been quite uh, a journey. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, we've had ups and downs, uh, as with all tech startups. But, you know, I think we've built quite a strong team. What did you do at PwC? Uh, I I used to do a lot of things. My main job, of course, was uh, I was in audit. Okay. Uh, so I was auditor. So my I've actually got uh, financial background training. I've got. Um, so how was it like to transition from like being an auditor, um, having a fixed, um, sort of a stable pay job, <laughs> and then going into like entrepreneurial sort of tech related app related? Oh my gosh! Um, you know, it was just I was just talking about this the other day. Um, you know, I was just lamenting like, oh, I I miss you know a nice high fixed salary. Well, high is relative, of course. Uh, but the thing is, you know, my my mom, uh, she came around and said, well, back when you were working there, uh, I saw every day that you were not happy. Mm. Uh, but you're here and you've been doing this for a while now. And I haven't, you know, seen you not, or at least go back down to that level that you were at when, when you were working. And it's not because of anything bad about the company. It's just... That I don't think that role fit me uh, yeah. in, in life, and um, uh, the way my parents actually um, influenced my decisions were that uh, I would go work first, get the work experience, get professional qualifications, uh, and as long as you know you can earn a stable income for the rest of your life, you can yeah. go and do your own thing for a while. So uh, that's that's exactly what I did. Uh, got the professional qualifications, got the CPAs, the you know the chartered accountancies. Yeah. Uh, but it's a bit funny. Um, you know, after getting all the qualifications, uh, taking all the night classes and whatever it was, um, even while doing my startup, I actually uh, started on doing my MBA at, at NUS as well. Yeah. So uh, I, th- I don't know. I, and I you're actually putting your MBA to practice now, right? Like going all the way from like finance and like now doing the actual <laughs> startup. Uh, on And it's a tech startup. So let's talk a little bit about the problem that you want to solve. Obviously, is to cut, kill, save people money and time. Time equals money, right? Was that the rationale that <laughs> you guys were going through in your head? Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Uh, cut, kill... Um, as a whole, it's supposed to be a productivity tool, you know, something yeah. that people could use every day, be part of their everyday lives. Which is essentially what you uh, talk about on the uh, first page of your slide, right? Can we go to the um, slide? Yeah. So. Right. So here you go. 20% of customers walk away when they see a long queue. I 
do admit I'm part of that 20%. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's something appealing about when you walk around the street, right? And you see two restaurants next to each other. One has super long queue and the other one is completely empty. Our natural inclination is to walk towards the, the very long queue one because you think it's popular, the food must be good. But at the same time, it's a, it's a turn off, right? Because it wastes a lot of time. And, the, you know, through what you guys are trying to solve is essentially that. Like, you can still enjoy. You don't have to settle for the restaurant that doesn't have any customers, but you just have to um, know what are the avenues and what, what are the sort of technologies that are able to help you. Yep, that's right. So, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's two parts of the coin here. So, as a consumer, definitely you wouldn't want to be standing in line, you know, waiting for your food. On the other side, you have the merchants. Now, you know, if you go to, let's say, um, you know, one of these uh, third wave coffee movement places mm -hmm. and you are, let's say, let's say you're fairly certain of what you want to order, but maybe the last minute you might change your mind. So you go up to the counter, you say, oh, I want, uh, you know, I want a flat white, uh, one sugar, one yeah. this, one that, and you kind of customize your order and then you're like, oh, wait, no, hold this, you know. Oh my God, the person behind <laughs> you, you can literally don't want to turn your face around, right? Yeah, and, and and so that process actually takes up time. Then you have your whole payments. And I mean, even though you're going cashless these days, there's still a QR code to scan. There's still a response that's required. You know, yeah. so that whole process, and we did it. We actually went out to do market research first. We, we timed how long do people really take to actually order, get the whole payment done? Yeah. A and we realized that it could be anywhere from, let's say, 30 seconds to a minute to like two, three minutes, depending on how complex the order can be. And that is actually time taken away from the cashier processing the next order. It's, it's the time taken that the barista who's completed your first order for coffee is waiting on the next order. So there's definitely inefficiencies there. Whereas what our product does is that it gives the merchant direct access to what exactly the customer wants. And all the merchant does to do is to say, yeah, sure, let's confirm this, come in five minutes. Yeah. And that's just one button. So let's take a look at that, um, your next slide, which is actually on the solution, right? Yeah. Um, and with that, um, you are you're looking at with the apps, um, with the app, right? So now with the app, they're able to actually put an order before they go into the restaurant and they will come and pick it up and they can also choose to dine in? Yeah, so uh, it, it, it kind of depends. Um, mm -hmm. We do have a lot of features as well. Uh, so for the dine-in feature, it's slightly different. Uh, that's where you would generally go to the store, sit down, you know, you have a table number and you can actually send the order directly into the kitchen you don't need to have a waiter standing around waiting for or you don't even need to go up to the cashier at some places right and then they give you a buzzer uh right now you know if you use cut queue for dining mm -hmm. you can just send in your order straight to the kitchen you d you still don't need to wait for anything the, the food would be prepared sent to your table or you get a reminder to just collect it uh, at the collection so counter. what happened when you order because uh, do you prepay first that's right so um the premise of cut is that you can browse mm -hmm. order and pay within the app 
can you change your order or it's like once it's done the payment's gone through you you have to commit to that oh yeah you you definitely have to commit to that i mean you, you can't go to a hawker center and you're about to be served your chicken rice or whatever yeah. it is nicely cut <laughs> on the plate and you're like oh sorry i don't want this. i wanted i wanted the prawn meat <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there there is a uh, we do have a co- countdown to confirm your order so if you have any last minute uh, you know, changes of mind, you can easily, you know, press stop the counter and then change your order again. So that So I'm curious, like in terms of like priority for the merchants, right? They you placed your order and then we like in a Hoka Center situation, for example, when they receive that order, what is the lead time? Because they also have to prioritize the people that actually own the queue at that point in time versus the ones that are coming in through the app. Mm. So uh, I, that's a very good operational question. Um, for hawker centers, it is very difficult. Uh, and uh, we generally don't have uh, too many hawkers uh, okay. with us. Uh, but it's it's because we have to see where's the choke point, uh, the bottleneck yeah. of uh, where their whole process lies. If you're a single, you know, uh, if, you're, if you run the store by yourself, you know, solo, uh, you know, it does, the cut queue will definitely save you time taking in the order, uh, processing the payment, because yeah. uh, you, you just get it straight away uh, versus, you know, someone who has a team, right? So one person just purely at the cashier and one person purely making the food. So, uh, you know, then then is it does it save as much time? It could. Yeah. Uh, but let's say if you're at, let's say, uh, a bigger chain that has maybe five people, mm-hmm. uh then instead of maybe having two people on the cashier, you have one person on the cashier and someone also minding cut queue orders. And mm. you can take in, you know, the same number of orders because all you need to do is just press a button, literally, and yeah. the order goes straight to someone else and someone needs to cook. So you, you're literally doubling your productivity uh, for, from having, you know, two, or rather you're cutting down, you know, two staff to one. So that process of operational flow um, to be able to work with cut queue and use the most out, get the most out of it, do you guys also go to the merchants and feedback on like how they could actually uh, restructure internally well, to work, to, you know, to make KQ more efficient? So that's a, actually the very first thing merchants uh, ask us. So mm-hmm. how does how do we work with this? You know, uh, how do we change our operational flows to accommodate more orders coming in? And generally, you know, after working with quite a number of merchants, uh, we we've, we've come up with very different solutions for different merchants. So uh, we had one uh, where we were working with uh, uh, a cafe in NUS called The Spread mm-hmm. uh, and they just had their new intake of business students. So suddenly uh, they had an influx or a high number of customers and because I used to study there, uh, you know, I sent in my order, hey, why are they not responding today? And I was like, oh, that's that's very unusual. They're very prompt with responding, saying my order's ready in 10 minutes, whatever it is. And I get there and I realize that the whole crowd or the intake is actually ordering from the same place and they're just overwhelmed taking yeah. in orders. So so then we're like, okay, we need to rethink this. You know, during this intake phase, maybe you have, you know, higher number of people. How do yeah. we change up the structure? And uh, we, we realized that, oh, provide them a secondary tablet to accept orders even faster right you know but operationally there were still things to key in and whatnot uh that they wanted to record but uh, yeah we 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 are always there to support merchants to and also sure. on the merchant side i mean that that is a really good flow to be able to communicate and 
and um, help them so that they would be able to restructure that to be a little bit more sort of efficient, right? That's essentially what McDonald's kind of solved in terms of comparison to a lot of the fast food chains back in the many years back. Uh, but then on the customer side, do you also provide like, because this the wait might be too long, would a, is there like an option for them to choose somewhere that is nearby or um, a, a secondary similar option for them? Well, when you first open the app, uh, you can choose how you view merchants. Mm. So uh, the general filter is uh, nearby me. So whatever's okay. closest to you appears first. Right. Uh, you can then go down and select, let's say, coffees. I want a coffee today. I click coffee. I have all my coffee merchants on board. So uh, whether it's you know here at Bread Table or you know Jewel Coffee, you're able to then select the closest one to you. So uh, there are ways to prioritize what you want. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, uh, what we also have is a feature where you can order not just on the spot, but in advance. So okay. if I know I'm going to reach the office at nine, I can actually place my order, you know, at like eight when I'm leaving the house, for example, if you take an hour to get to the office. Yeah. So, you know, the merchant then goes, oh, okay, great. You know, someone's coming at nine, except. So you don't really even need to kind of plan out, um, you know, uh, and, and leave it up to chance when the merchant's going to be ready with your food. I think uh, while you were saying that, I was thinking like this app is really good for people that are very indecisive like myself <laughs> because I find myself like queuing up, right, for like at least 15 minutes and just thinking what I want. But because I can't decide and I'm also worried, stressed out by the people behind me and the person, the, f the lesser, you know, as the queue gets shorter, you feel more pressure to make a decision. And then when you do end up making a decision, it's oftentimes like, ah, that is not the one that I wanted. <laughs> but the order is already placed. Oh, you're very considerate for worrying about the people behind you. Yeah. Uh, definitely, um, you know, a very thoughtful individual. Uh, <laughs> but it's just, it's just that visibility, that time constraint um, is, is very pressuring. Um, and, and that kind of adds on to the fact that if I had an option to not, if I didn't have to wait, right, I would just literally come and pick up. I've definitely have seen a lot of those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. um, and if you do order very frequently, you want that kind of treatment from, from the... From the, from the merchants that are providing you the service. I want to touch on a little bit, sh shifting a little bit of gears. So I've seen you have a very interesting um, slide on your deck about the partners. And these are essentially the ones that um, you've managed to onboard. Um, could you talk a little bit about the partnerships and how do they work? Well, uh, we have a number of partnerships, a as you mentioned. Uh, first of which is actually Ascender Singbridge. Uh, Ascender Singbridge is one of the, I guess, one of the largest uh, office uh, real estate developers as well as they, they kind of own and operate uh, a lot of buildings around Singapore, especially, yep. you know, um, the Fusionopolis, uh, Galaxis uh, area, you know, the whole One North. Uh, quite a number of the buildings are, are run by them. So how are they involved with you guys? So they basically reached out to us and asked if we could uh, help implement our solution at their buildings. Cool. So what we've done is that uh, we've actually done, uh, uh, we've provided the cut queue service for them uh, so that they can actually connect their tenants who are the office workers with their tenants who are the F&B operators uh, on, the, on the first floor or basement, wherever you, know, you usually uh, would, would frequent for lunch. Yep. So the idea is that you're, you're able to provide more value for tenants mm -hmm. Uh, by giving them the convenience okay. of uh, having cut queue with them. 
So it's more like you you provide that is a SaaS um sort of s- solution for them. That's right. It's a SaaS solution. Okay. Yeah. And um for so Changi uh, Millennial Work and Platform E. So uh generally with um let's say uh with 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 the rest it's it's slightly different. Uh how how that would work is that uh basically uh let's say Millennial Work uh they you know they have different initiatives uh they want to improve productivity. Uh, they want to get more people to their malls. So what they do is uh, they actually use us as a tool, but they don't actually, you know... Uh, Own that entire sort of SaaS, right? Yes, they, they're basically looking to just help tenants improve their services and, you know, having us as an option, you know, provided to them. So we're very grateful for the partners that we work with because uh, they, they see the vision that we have, which is that we want to reduce, you know, people's inefficient waiting time. Right, I mean, you know, Changi definitely, right? <laughs> if you're catching a plane, you don't want to miss that plane. Exactly, you know, uh, so you can get a cup of Yakun coffee, right, on the way to catch your plane. If you have an early morning flight and you know traffic was terrible, you just need a cup of coffee to kind of, you know, perk you up a little bit, make your day feel a bit better. You can order your your cup of coffee from there. And those are one of the things that are very uh, common here in Singapore because of how efficient and easy it is. I found that a lot of myself, especially, have developed a very bad habit of arriving at the airport like one hour before the pli- the, the plane takes off. And so having that, um, you know, convenience to order that, it's, it's something in advance is really important. And it also just makes your life a lot more of a rush. Yeah, I mean, and the great thing about Changi is that they're opening up, you know, lots of, they're focusing a lot on the retail aspect now. So instead of just like sitting around, you know, before your flight, because you do have to check in a bit earlier, now you can, you know, go shop as well. So you can just grab your cup of coffee, walk around, see something, maybe learn a few new things, you know, in the market. So it's definitely all about how you want to utilize that time that you save. Right. Um, you talked about Ascender's um, SaaS. Um, just jumping back a little bit on that, is that a white label, the white label business? Because I saw in your deck that you ha- you do have a white label business. Yes. Um, and this is with Ascender's, right? That's right. Okay. That's really amazing because a lot of companies that we work with um, tend to white label their platform at a m- later stage. And the fact that you were able to get a partnership that wanted to work with you at such an early stage it not only allows you a platform to test the, the the initial sort of early stages, but also it's sort of like controlled environment as opposed to being launched on the wider um, platform and then you, if anything goes wrong, right? Yes, yeah, you're, you're definitely right over there. And um, Ascender Singbridge was definitely uh, a very partnership, a very important partnership that we had. And it, I mean, it surprised us as well. And it's something that we're very grateful for. Uh, having the opportunity to work with them, so how has it been so far uh, working with Ascendant Simbridge? Is it stressful? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. But I, I think um, you know, for 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 the partnership that we have with them, uh, we're definitely looking on the long term. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, they they're not just a local player; they're international player as well. So, um, you know, we see this as a potential you know growth opportunity for us as well, not just for Singapore, but uh, around the world, I mean, they they've got oh, absolutely yeah, they've got business parks in India, China, Thailand, yeah. So the main thing is, I also see that I mean, once you've able to prove the concept of white labeling with Ascender Simbridge, uh, is essentially replicating that with say Maple Tree, um, you know, or any of the sort of uh, Capital Land, um, that have sort of 
a lot of presence in terms of uh, pr building development and office development. Um, companies, those kind of offices where they gather very large working crowd would be a very good um, use case for you guys and, and potential for growth at a much larger scale. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, uh, if anyone that's out there wants to work together with us, we're definitely open to it. And we've definitely learned from the experience launching with Ascender Singbridge. So yeah. yeah, I think that would definitely be one way to grow. Um, uh, you know, actually just, uh, you know, within Platform E itself, uh, mm -hmm. we met a couple of people who said, oh, this concept's fantastic. And they're from overseas and they said, oh, can we take this concept overseas? And so that's also another opportunity that we have to grow. And at what stage is the technology right now? Is it fully operational? Are you finding bugs? Are there any challenges? So we, we launched uh, our second version uh, of the app uh, at Coffee Fest about slightly over, or maybe, yeah, slightly over a year ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were the official ordering app at that point in time uh, for Singapore Coffee Fest. Uh, we, we had tons of orders and whatnot. And actually, we took that, that experience uh, and have built our new version uh, that we, we have just uh, kind of soft launched into the market just two weeks ago. So okay. it is uh, very new. Uh, there probably are a couple of bugs here and there that we're fixing, but uh, it's already the second, well, te technically the third iteration. Has it been migrated already, or you're you're just testing it and then migrating at some point? Oh, we're we're migrate migrated already. You're migrated to the new version. Right? Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So talking about that, what, I current stage you are raising uh, you're raising uh, your pre seed round, right? That's right. Yes. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about your pre seed round because that wasn't in the slide. Right. Uh. Well, basically for the pre seed round, uh, what we've what we got, uh, what we've done so far is that we had angel investors come in to us uh, last year uh, and they basically helped, they had a certain vision uh, and, and their vision was uh, basically to uh, save, you know, uh, reduce wastage uh, at the end of the day um, for, for F&B restaurants and, and you know F&B generally has a lot of food wastage. It, it's kind of something that we are quite excited about to be releasing with our new version, okay. uh, which is uh, something that we're calling Happy Hour. Okay. So the idea is that you're able, merchants are then empowered themselves mm -hmm. uh, to give discounts to customers on the spot. You know, you're able to use, uh, you know, live updates to give discounts. Uh, let's say if it's towards the end of the day, as I mentioned, you know, right? Uh, you know, how many how many times have you gone to like uh, a local, you know, supermarket and found a sushi on discount and stuff like yeah. that? You know, uh, and, and these things always happen by chance. You know, what we want to do is we we're able we want to enable merchants to, to give discounts as and when they like. Uh, so similarly, you know, if you know you're an F&B operator and you open, let's say, at, I don't know, let's just say you do the lunchtime crowd yep. and dinner, and in between your shop. You know, you close, let's say, for an hour between, let's say, four and five before you, you kind of prep. So that means at two to three o'clock when you have low volume, yeah. you know, you still have the same manpower. You still have to switch on the lights. You and know. you know what that's important for perishable, very highly perishable food like salad, um, juices, right? Those are like the that's stuff right, that you really yes. want to get it out of the shelf. Exactly. So, you know, you're able to kind of uh, lower your prices uh, to sell off stuff that you have excess of or even just try to 
just utilize you know your staff and and the, the shop a little bit more during those down times yeah so that's why we're calling it happy hours because people will be happy to go down to your store it's yeah. kind of like the happy hours when you go to a bar exactly. and they have like they want to get rid of those draft beers because <laughs> the draft beers once you open it the preservation time isn't that long yeah that's exactly right wow i didn't i didn't realize uh, <laughs> you had any fmb experience doing that too <laughs> well i have a consumer and uh, experience and we we go out and we love happy hours so uh, <laughs> i'll be looking for kaki was you, hap, uh, happy hour uh, you, you find out when they open the keg and it's kind of <laughs> yeah you just wait at the corner right <laughs> <laughs> so about back to your pre-seed uh, funding how much are you raising so currently we're we're doing it in uh, two phases mm-hmm. uh, we have a soft cap and we have a hard cap mm-hmm. so the soft caps are going about uh, 250 okay and a hard will be at about f- 500,000 okay so for the be- benefit of our um, listeners um for the soft cap at 250 what would be the market cap on that the market cap on that uh, let's see i think that would be about uh post would be two uh, the post would be about 2.75 2.75 and the hard cap uh, that would be uh three. okay yeah. awesome and um and when are you clo- do you decide when you're going to close this round uh we do have a timeline for this so uh it's probably going to be about a month plus okay uh we've uh basically done the soft and hard cap so we we are allowing uh more investors to come in at this stage uh rather than just setting a hard limit just one limit and how many do you how, how much of a already few or is it fully open at the moment uh there are s- there are a lot of interested parties so far okay. uh and some people who have said that they're willing to commit so it's not fully taken up uh but yeah definitely still open to to hearing do you people. enjoy the raising funding <laughs> journey uh it's definitely something that challenging. is been very challenging uh yeah. meeting up with people i mean you know i've you know people from all walks of life uh you know some of them are uh sophisticated investors they they tell they they kind of ask you okay uh, where do you see yourself in a couple of years time uh what's your next round what's it going to look like you know um you know where, what do you want to grow how you want to grow how are you going to scale exactly. where are you which country are you going to go yeah, exactly and i and and then on the flip side i i get a call um uh, last week uh you know uh, from from this guy he's saying oh uh do you have any criteria for investors and i'm going well i mean not really i mean as long as we get along i think that's quite good and you know i i end up explaining a little bit more about uh you know uh, the different stages of funding to him because he's new at investing i think yeah so it, it, you you really get uh, a, a huge range of experiences you know and in my years of helping startups raise funds right i've actually found that you we get more and more of those kind of um angel investors that have never invested before in startups they've done real estate yeah they've done some uh, traditional assets but they've seen the rom- romanticized sort of startup exits right the <laughs> mark zuckerberg <laughs> and yeah. jeff bezos and those huge kind of like um sales and so they is that fomo right the fear of missing out that they they want to be part of the startup but they don't know how to do it and it's is amazing we need more of those type of investors that will just call you up and say hey can i just like here take my money <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, i uh, and, and while i do appreciate that a lot uh, i also uh would like to caution them you know i mean some people they they really have these uh 
big you know big eyes when they look at it oh yes this is going to be the next this is the next that and I mean, if they truly believe in the product, you know, I would, I would gladly, you know, say, come on in. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and your first investors, as well as your first customers, they are all your visionaries, right? They yes. are the ones that have stuck with you, have seen the vision and want to be with you um, throughout this entire journey. Now, um, shift, just, just is related to this question, are you also looking to hire? Are you expanding the team? Uh, we're actually getting someone in uh, starting next next month next month already yeah so I, I think the team is kind of okay for now uh, but of course uh, once the funding comes in depending on whether we go with a soft cap or hard cap uh, you know we would be expanding more aggressively if yeah. possible yes right um, because our audience um, it's it's a very diversified audience we've got investors but we also have people that are looking for opportunities and or join a startup at an early stage and many of them have different type of um, skill sets well we yeah I mean uh, we will definitely welcome anyone who wants to sit down and have a coffee with us you know um, you can come down to our office. We'll give you a cup of coffee as well. <laughs> Fantastic. That will be ordered from CutQ, I suppose. That's right. <laughs> um, right. So this has been fantastic chat. Um, before we end the show, I do have one more question for you, Kevin. How can our listeners reach out to you if they are interested to participate either as investors or um, as uh, to find out more about CutQ? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, my you can reach out to me via email. Uh, my email address is kevin.tan at cutq.sg, uh, or you can you know drop us an email on our website. Send us a feedback through the app. Make, make sure you take a look at the app as well. You know before deciding on reaching out to us as well. Um, you know, yeah, we're definitely open to all forms of communication. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kevin Tan, founder of CutQ. And you are listening to Gustavo Liu at the Asia Tech Podcast.